Welcome to another episode here at the Midnight Founders Podcast. We're so excited to be with you today. This is AJ Rounds from Rev Road and Jake McCarg from CB Vault. Here at the Midnight Founders Podcast, we focus on telling behind the scenes stories for what makes a successful entrepreneur. We're excited for another week. Here we go. All right, today we're super excited to be here on the Midnight Founders Podcast, coming to you again live from the studio with Jake and AJ. We're here with Adrian Dayton from Scale to Sell, and he is an EOS implementer. And for those of you that may not know what that means, you're going to learn a lot today because it helps companies so much. In fact, RevRoad's going through this process right now, and we're just in the very beginning stages, but we, uh, we just want to really get this information out there because it's helpful for entrepreneurs, for founders, companies of most every size, and we're going to learn a lot about it today. So welcome, Adrian. It's good to have you here in studio today. Yeah, great to be here. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is so cool. Well, um, tell us about Scale to Sell. Give us the 30 to 60 yeah, second pitch. Absolutely. So um, after building and selling a couple companies, uh, I just realized there's a huge amount of pain you go through and suffering. It's like kind of this rite of passage. Um, and uh, I started volunteering at an accelerator a few years ago, and I just, I just found it was my favorite day each month. So when I sold my last company, I just thought, how could I do this every day? And I love EOS, the entrepreneur operating system. I love the framework. And so just over a year ago, I went and got certified and I, I kind of dove in with both feet. And now that's, that's all I do. And I love it. So full-time EOS implementer. Yeah. Yeah. When you kind of ask, like, what do I do? I help leadership teams get clear on where they're going, how they're going to get there, and, and really how to, how to build healthy teams. Uh, and I just, it's awesome. I love it. I'm sure there's a lot of pain and anguish and, and uh, discussion involved in that process. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, one of the core principles, and I tell every group, I say when we start, I say, you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable because it is like, they call it entering the danger. When you talk about those uncomfortable things, that's when you grow. And, you know, so most companies, that stuff's under the surface. They want to push it under the rug or yeah, something. Yeah, and it's guiding them and they don't even know about it. So it's just, just kind of call that stuff out. And it's just, it's awesome. These moments when, you know, you'll have some, you know, a junior member of the leadership team that will finally be brave enough to like call out what everyone knows, but no one's saying, and there's emotions and people, there'll be tears and there'll be, you know, people get upset and there'll be red faces. But at the end of the day, they leave so much healthier. And I think it's awesome. I mean, there is one part therapy to it really, but I mean, you know, building a healthy team Companies put so much attention into how can we get the smartest people in the room? You know, we talk so much about smart, but with EOS, it's like you have to have healthy and smart. And that's, that's what we're going for. Very cool. So I want to get into the fact that you've exited two companies. You just gloss over that. And that's like the goal of most everyone on this podcast. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But um, what, what is kind of the, um, you know, pathway or the methodology to EOS? Like what, what is the process you walk them through? Is it like a stage yeah, process or a yeah, steps yeah. or something? All right, so business, I mean, like anything, it can be very complex or it can be very simple. But one thing we know is over the last hundred years, millions of businesses have been built, have built, have, have succeeded, have generated money, right? And so there's just kind of a template of, of what works. And so the genius of EOS that was developed by Gino Wickman is he's broken up your business into six components. And he kind of says, look, there's 122 different issues you could worry about at any time in your business. But if you can just dial in these six, 
you're going to be way ahead of everybody else. And do you want to hear about the components? I mean, let's do it. Is that too big of a list? We're on a podcast. Should we dig into it? Go for it. Well, let's start like even before we get into the six, I think there's probably people that don't know. What does EOS stand for? Yeah, great question. So EOS stands for the Entrepreneur Operating System. And so kind of like your computer has an operating system, we believe your business should have an operating system. The methodology, essentially. Yeah, it's a methodology. It's a structure. And look, I am in kind of EOS lingo, I'm a visionary, which means like I'm an idea person. And idea people are great to like go on a trip with, but they can be frustrating to grow a business with, right? (laughs) I I mean, I remember my lead engineer when there was just three of us in my first software company. And my lead engineer was talking to my, my, my operations guy and he said, I can't keep up. There's no way I can build all the crazy stuff that Adrian wants me to build. And... And really, it's kind of like putting that in check and saying, look, it's okay to have 20 ideas a week, but you have to have a way to filter out and choose what are the one or two we can go after and, and the other ones we can ignore. And so, you know, that kind of structure of helping balancing like the genius of a visionary with, with some structure and a framework, man, when I found EOS, my business just got, had just gotten to this scale where I just couldn't fake it anymore. There were just too many moving parts. And even though I'm a visionary, I had to also kind of be the integrator for the business as well, which is another kind of EOS term. You have the visionary, and then the integrator is the person that gets things done, right? It's like the person. That's and like, it's best when you have the two of them together. Yeah, that right? combo, right? Mm-hmm. But as businesses are starting, you have to do both. And so I got to this point where I just couldn't fake it anymore. It's like there's too many things I didn't want to create from scratch. And someone had handed me a free copy of the book Traction by Gina Wickman. And I was on a plane ride. It's an amazing um, book, by the way. And I pulled it out and I read the entire book cover to cover on that plane ride. But more than that, I kept stopping and taking notes because I was like, oh, I got to do this. Oh, this is the answer to this. It just gave me the framework and structure. You know, how should I run my meeting? How do I run my quarterly planning? How do I organize my leadership team? Um, you know, and, and, and as I was reading it, I was like, wait, isn't this part from Franklin Covey? Isn't this part from Good to Great? I mean, everything in there is stolen from somewhere. <laughs> but but to take it and put it into a framework, um, just I hope Gino Wickman's listening life. to this right now. This oh no, I mean, <laughs> we'll tag, he knows. We'll tag, he knows. Let's tag him. That's right. <laughs> he knows. Yeah. Um, but the genius is 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 creating the simplicity, and this is one of the core principles of of EOS is simplicity, and really it should be of any organization is as they grow, communication becomes exponentially more, more difficult, right? So simplicity has to be everybody's job. Yeah. And so, and it gets results too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's focused on honest communication too, and it takes the ego out of it. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So, so one of the, probably one of my three favorite tools within EOS is what's called the weekly scorecard. So it's a key set of numbers that show you how the business is doing in the week, right? And we kind of teach it this way. Like if you're on, a, on an island on vacation, there's no cell service and someone hands you a paper with 10, 15 numbers that show you how your business is doing, like what numbers do you need to see? And something as simple as a scorecard, you'd be amazed. I mean, 95% of the companies that I meet, they don't have a scorecard. They have some data, right? They have a bunch of graphs somewhere, a bunch of PowerPoint or you know, spreadsheets that have data somewhere, 
But just to have a scorecard where everyone is on the same page is very powerful. And it's interesting. I had a friend uh, that was building up his business. He was in the accelerator I was in. And he said, my people aren't doing what I need them to do. How do I, like, correct them? And I said to him, and I said, are you using the scorecard? And he said, well, not really. Like, do you look at it on a weekly basis? Not really. And I said, if you have a scorecard, every number on that scorecard is assigned to a person. And if they have a number, you don't need to correct them. All you have to do is say, here's the goal. Here's where you are. Explain what's happening. You just have to make them accountable, yeah. right? If everyone's accountable for one number, I mean, anyway, these are simple principles, but they're powerful. It's kind okay, of that we, accountability thing. We cut you off before. So we, okay. we ask about the EOS. It's an <laughs> entrepreneur's operating system. Yeah, yeah. There's, got six, there's six steps. That's right. Six components. Components, yes. Right. Walk us through. Okay. So number one is vision. So vision means everyone knows where they're going and how they're going to get there. And oftentimes I talk to companies about this and they'll be like, yeah, me and the CEO, like we know, we know where we're going. And I was like, what about everyone else in your organization? Right? So that's what healthy vision looks like. Uh, number two is people. And people is broken up into, we call it right people in the right seats, right? Another, Jim Collins. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> good, very good. I was testing you now. Um, <laughs> But EOS breaks right people, right seats into a little more detail. So Those are right, the roles you were talking about earlier, right? Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, the seats, right? Those roles. But right people are people that live and breathe your values. You know, we've all worked with people that like, oh, this person gets us. Like within the first day, like they fit here. And we love working with people like that. But right people is not enough, right? Like it's great if someone brings donuts every Friday for everybody, right? Um, and that may, or may not be good for your culture. Maybe you're a health company. But anyway, I, I always love that. But, Something not um, good for our figure. Yeah, that's, that's right. Money, um, right. Seed is, it's as simple as like, are they highly productive at their job? Are they really good at doing the work they need to do? So in EOS, we call it GWC. And there's, we have acronyms for everything. But GWC, do they get it? Do they want it? And are they capable of the work? And capable doesn't just mean, right, like can they... Can they do the job they, or the task they've been assigned? Capable also means that they have enough time. And so oftentimes in a business, especially if the business has, let's say, five to ten employees, who do you think the most capable person in the company is? CEO. CEO, right? He can oftentimes do yeah. all the jobs better than anybody. But who has the least amount of time, right? It's the CEO. CEO. Yeah. So even though he gets it and he wants it, he's not capable and sometimes he's not honest enough or she's not honest enough to admit that she's stretched too thin, you know? And so, so in EOS, there's this understanding that like, look, we're going to value everybody. And, and your peers and your executive team, they're going to evaluate the CEO. And if the CEO wants to be the visionary in the sales and, and over finances, it's like they're going to have to ask hard questions. Are you really capable of doing all three of the th these things, you know, at a high, high level? It's interesting. It's not just a skill set. It's actually time available. Yeah, that's right. It's cool. Which seems so obvious. Uh, but again, a lot of obvious things people don't do. So, yeah. but, and, and I would just say this as I'll use the water bottle as example, but I've met with, I mean, I've only been doing this for about 16 months. I, I met with over a hundred companies and you know, the bottleneck is always at the top. Every single company I deal with, 
their success is because of their CEO. And the biggest thing holding them back from growth is their CEO. And, and a lot of them know that. Some of them are aware of it. But if they're, if they're aware of it and they can let other people get in and help them, that's where they can really be successful. What if they're not aware of it? How do you, because that, that becomes a tough <laughs> conversation, right? So what do you do then? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. You've all heard the saying, you know, where, when, the, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. I mean, I've talked to plenty of CEOs where I present the concept of EOS to the whole team and the CEO is there with all of them. And I just see the looks in their eyes and the comments they make, the questions they're asked, and they're like, oh, we need this. And then we get to <laughs> the, the end right? <laughs> and the visionary or the CEO is like, this was great. Thank you so much. We're good for right now. You know? So, I mean. We'll get back to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the reality is there was a time when my business wasn't ready for it, you know? Um, but, but I think once there gets, you know, we all have to have comfort with some level of dysfunction in our startup because we don't have heart. We don't, we're not playing like Harvard and Morton grads, right? We don't have the resources to get the best and the brightest. So we put up with some level of dysfunction, right? But there comes a time in the growth and that time is really that transition from when everyone inside the company has to both do the work and manage when it's time for them to grow up and start building up their management so they can they no longer have to be a player coach, right? They don't have to do both. They can just be a coach. And that transition is the most, I mean, so many companies die because they can't make that transition, right? Um, and it's, it's not intuitive, right? It's like the, the amazing baker that starts the company, like they had so much success because they're a great baker, not because they're a manager. So they need to upgrade their skill set. And um, yeah, and so, so if they're not, right, it's the whole thing, right? Helping people become aware is one of the hardest challenges of, of, of like people, right? You know, I bet Ugh. painful. <laughs> Sounds like you've gone through this, Jake. But We're uh, not going to get into it. City Listen, we don't have enough time. We don't have enough time. Yeah. Flashbacks from Nam, right? Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so we got step one or uh, group one, number two. three. We're on number three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Sorry. Um, you know, visionary, right? I'm all over the place here, right? Okay, so vision and people, okay? It's okay. I'll be the implementer today. Yeah, okay, we'll great. We'll make sure we <laughs> okay, stay on. Okay, so one more note on people, though, all right? So I want you to imagine, we're going to do a visualization exercise here. So I want to imagine this, we're, we're building an accountability chart, okay? And on the home row, we have three boxes. We have the sales and marketing seat, the operations seat, and the finance seat, okay? Everything a business does fits somewhere in those three seats, Okay. Above that, you have the integrator and the visionary, right? One on top of the other. Visionary is usually on top of the integrator. Um, so if you think of those five core roles, it's amazing how many companies I go to. It doesn't matter if they have 10 employees or they have 100 employees. The CEO and visionary is usually sitting in two or three of those boxes, right? Interesting. Hmm. So, and it's okay for someone to sit in more than one box, if they pass the GWC test. I was going to say that goes to right? the C like, part, which is really If they hard. have enough time, <laughs> right? Yeah. And a lot of companies, they have more time than money. So everyone just works crazy hours, right? You know the startup life. Um, but there's no excuse for companies at, at larger scale to, to not have someone different sitting in each one of those seats that's truly responsible you know, and held accountable for the results of that, of that box. And can specialize in just yeah, that area. Yeah, right? yeah. So getting companies really clear on the people component. Um, 
All right, so let's jump over to the third, which is data. Um, you guys have all been around entrepreneurs that are like Steve Jobs-esque. They just know the way the waves are going. They know the tides. They just make decisions with their gut. And it's beautiful. It's amazing. But it's not scalable. So companies need to find a point where they grow up and get away from letting the, the, you know, the visionary make gut decisions and make decisions based on the data. And, and that's where the scorecard is so important. And that's where having a measurable, like a number for every person is so important because it's no longer about like, you know, the visionary check doing like a wind check to say like, Oh, what's going to happen next? Um, his instincts have gotten you there, right? What got you here isn't going to get you there, right? You need a better data set. And sometimes people say like, Oh, we, we have tons of numbers. We have hundreds of numbers, right? <laughs> but like, that's not it. It, right, like for the, for this for the scorecard, less is more. Just having the right numbers to show you. Um, I heard this great story from a fellow uh, uh, EOS implementer that you know he was in the hospital with his wife, and she'd had surgery, and you know it wasn't really serious, but she had to stay overnight, and so he had like a sleeping bag, was sleeping on the floor, and she has a really low resting heart rate. So if you if you guys know heart rates, her resting heart rate was thirty five. Ooh, that's low, right? But the, She's just healthy, right? Like, and so in the night, her heart rate lowered to like 29. All the alarms went off. The nurses, the doctors all rush in, like whatever, code blue, code red. I, I don't work in medicines. So I don't know what code it is, but it's this emergency, right? Well, that's what your scorecard should be for your business. It just tells you when you're in danger, like, oh, this is not working. So you realize it way before you can't make payroll, right? Or you realize it way before, oh, not only do we not have anything in the pipeline, we haven't anything in the pipeline for two months, right? Having that scorecard that everyone on the leadership team can see helps create more transparency and accountability. It's like the, the analogy of the boiling pot. Like if you start and it's just slowly gets bad, yeah. you're kind of blind to it. That's right. But that, it's, it's amazing. Like if you have the right metrics, like you establish those right metrics for your company, yes. it takes you outside the company to look at the data and it makes it very clear. And it's absolutely. not personal anymore because it's all just, it's, it's just data. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Amazing. So number four, we have issues. I love issues. Um, but what are your company's issues? So is this okay. the hardest part right here? No, I mean, issues actually, when you understand issues, it's great because at the end of the day, Every company has a list of issues, problems to solve, um, but they have no good process for choosing which issues to solve next, right? So in EOS, we believe everyone on the executive team should be able to add things to this issue list. And how we solve those issues is where EOS really has a lot of horsepower. And this is, you know, I would say of my three favorite things about EOS, um, the, what's called IDS is, is probably number three. Okay, so IDS stands for identify, discuss, and solve. So we create a list of issues. And as a team, when we meet, we decide a priority, like one, two, three, what are the most important issues on this list? Which is very different from the CEO calling a meeting. Everyone come here, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna impose my will and tell you what's most important. Which, look, sometimes he can, he can call an audible or she can call an audible and say, there's an issue for us to discuss. But, but, but generally, like, you got to use, you have to have a leadership team. So we all decide what are the most important issues. And then here's how IDS works. We're going to pick the number one issue. 
we're going to start by identifying the issue. Let's make sure we really understand what's going on, what is really the problem, right? Because sometimes people start talking about solution before we're even clear what's wrong, right? That's the I. Number two is the D, discuss. So we're going to dig in, discuss, discuss, discuss. Now, this is where companies get trapped up. Have you ever been in a meeting where an issue comes up, you discuss it, you discuss it, oh, we're out of time. Nothing we'll come happens. back to this next week. Yep. Like the most frustrating thing in the world, right? Well, with IDS, as soon as someone repeats themselves or everything has been, everything's on the table, it's the integrator's job who's running the meeting to say, all right, we're done discussing. Let's that, talk solutions. Is that partly too so everyone feels like they have a voice and they're heard? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. And this is, this is really important. I mean, whether you use EOS or not, the best meetings everybody in the meeting will participate in a meaningful way. And that only happens when you're intentional about it. Because if they're not participating, honestly, like, why are they there, right? If, if the point of the meeting is just to share information, you shouldn't have a meeting. Sharing, there's way, other, way more efficient ways send an email, to send share information. Yeah, that's right, that's right. So um, generate the, the issues list and being able to go through those issues and solve them forever Right? So it's not one of these issues that like, oh, we thought we solved that already, right? Um, yeah, and then someone is assigned accountability to make sure it gets done. So that's, that's what it looks like to be 100% um, strong in issues. You have this list and you're following this IDS methodology. Um, number five is uh, process. Now look, as a visionary, I mean, I'm not trying to say that I'm like, I don't know. I'm not trying to say anything about the quality of my abilities as a visionary, but um, process is a challenge for me. I'm not very organized, but process is all about having the key processes in our business documented. So we call this like, it's like an 80, 20 rule. Like you get just 20% of your processes documented, you'll get 80% of the value. So that's what the process component is all about. Making sure not only are they documented, but they're followed by all. And that's done on a regular basis. And they have one more component and that is, um, traction. So they say, in EOS that vision without traction is hallucination. Traction is, there's really two parts of it. First is rocks. So Stephen Covey talks about rocks, like getting the most important things done first. But in EOS, a rock is a 90-day goal. So companies that are really strong with traction, they're going to set, everyone in the, in the company is going to set 90-day goals, both for the company and for themselves individually. And, and then you have a meeting rhythm. And so now for, you know, my final favorite thing about EOS, it's called the level 10 meeting. Have you guys heard of the level 10 meeting? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in, your, in the rest of your business world life, what would you rate, what is your average meeting rating? One to 10 in all the meetings you've been through in your life. On average? Five. Five, yeah. <laughs> Five or six, yeah. Yeah, six is pretty good. Four is what I often hear. Yeah. yeah. Have I, you ever been to a restaurant and you ate a meal there and if you rated it, you would have rated a four or five? Would you ever go back to that restaurant again? No. No. No way, right? Yet we put up with crappy, crappy meetings. <laughs> right? And so some people say, oh, I hate meetings. No. You Death hate to crap crappy meetings from here on you out. You hate crappy meetings, okay? <laughs> so that is a disease for which EOS has the cure. It's called the level 10 meeting, okay? So level 10 meeting, um, basically the goal of the meeting is at the end of the meeting Everyone sitting there is going to rate it a 10 out of 10. And while that seems impossible, like if you follow this template, it works. You know, you start out with 
what we call a segue, like conversation starter, get everyone involved. You review your scorecard, you review your rocks, you review any other announcements or stuff that needs to be shared that's vital in the business. So in a normal meeting, that stuff takes the whole meeting, right? But here, that's limited. It's just, look, what's going on? And then the bulk of this meeting, it's a 90-minute meeting, 60 minutes or more is spent just going over those major issues, that IDS portion. So you're going to salt, you're going to put three or four major issues that everyone agrees are the most important to bed every meeting. And I'll tell you companies that I start with, their meetings are fours or five. I've never had a company after two or three months that aren't averaging a nine or better on their meetings just because it's a more disciplined approach. And so what makes it a 10, you start and end on time. You talk about the most important things in the company, everybody participates and you follow the agenda. That's it. That's cool. That's it. Anyway, so, so are yeah. those the results you're seeing based on like after you do the EOS process, is that right. your biggest like visual result or is there other results? Oh, great question. Seeing? I mean, by far, and they've done, you know, they've hired an outside PR firm and interviewed all the EOS customers and far and away the biggest, you know, kind of success of EOS is that people feel like they have their lives back, like their business is not controlling them anymore. So anyway, so, um, so that's a lot about EOS. Um, you know, I would love to share with you a little bit about like my story though as well. Of kinda, course. We're kind yeah. of like backwards, you know, I yeah. told you all about EOS, but. So you're doing some um, cool stuff with EOS now, changing the world, that's one awesome. company at a time. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. How did you get there? Like what? You Perfect. Had, <laughs> you had, you Good had, segue. You had two exits, right? <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with the first one. All right. So um, I started off my career as a corporate lawyer, corporate M&A. Wow. And. Um, that's quite a switch from well, then to now. So, so my timing though, it was 2008. Did you know you were a visionary when you went to law school? I knew I was an <laughs> no. I knew I no. I knew like, I was I'm an entrepreneur. Let's go to law school. No, I knew I was an entrepreneur. Actually, I mean, I knew I was an entrepreneur, and I knew that law school would open up doors for me that a lot of entrepreneurs maybe didn't have open to them. It's the same thing. I I got a, an accounting degree. Yeah. And like anybody that meets me is like, you're an accountant. I do not see that. <laughs> right. Surprise. Yeah, I was terrible at it. So, so my timing. <laughs> 2008 is when I graduated, had a great job, top firm in Western New York, doing huge deals. You know, we did a $500 million cash and, cash and asset merger deal in the end of 2008, right? About the same time Lehman Brothers fell, you know, oh, and, yeah. um, and then one day um, in early 2009, the head of my department came into my office and he shared with me a few words I'll never forget. He said, you're fired. And it kind of sticks with it, you know. Yeah, um, those are words that are hard <laughs> to get rid of out of your mind. Aren't and they? I called my wife, and she's crying because we have a baby at home, and we have student debt, and it's like, like what are we going to do? And I say, honey, don't worry. I've got an idea. I'm going to start a business teaching lawyers how to use Twitter. And she just cried harder. <laughs> no, she, <laughs> no, she was she was very supportive. And Twitter the, was brand new at that point, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, ironically, the same time period, I met I met Darren when he was building uh, uh, Imagine, Imagine Learning, Learning? Right? and he wow. offered me a job. No way. And I still remember, I was driving along Shout out to Darren. the road with my wife, and I said to my wife, you know, I really should take this job working for Darren. I said, they're gonna give me a cell phone, we're gonna have health insurance, you love health insurance, they're gonna give me a, a laptop, a, they're gonna give me a projector, and she's like, a projector? Are you trying 
are you trying to convince me you should take the job? Or are you trying to convince yourself? And she said to me, she said, if you really want to start your own thing, she's like, I believe in you. I support you. And it was this moment, right, where I could have cho chosen safety or I could have chosen adventure. Wow. And I chose adventure and it led me on this incredible path. So, so I wrote two books on social media for professionals. I, I gave talks in 12 countries and 26 different states and um, built this consulting business, um, helping professionals bring in more business with social media. And then one day, I, my son was getting a ride by the, past the airport. He was maybe three, four years old. And he pointed at the airport and he said, that's where my dad works. And that's when I knew I was traveling too much. <laughs> I, like, I had to find something scalable. And, um, and so through the work I was doing with all, some of the largest law firms in the country, um, I developed a software product to help make it easy to get busy professionals using social media. And that was my software company. So anyway, just kind of like to tell, tell my story. Good you know, for that's you. Where I started. What, yeah. what were those? I mean, there's a lot of stuff in between that, those two little, you know, those bookmarks right there, right? So I yeah. mean, did you exit out of those and, and you know, you sold them off? Or? Um, oh, the consulting business, you mean? Mm -hmm. So the consulting business, I, I was able to build up. And then once I got enough funding for my software business, I had just kind of pushed all my revenue into the software business for my consulting business. So I was able to get the new business to purchase my old consulting business. Okay. So not only was it like a nice little success, but um, they also then could pay me um, other than W-2 salary, right? So then they could just pay me with capital gains income instead of paying me with salary. So, so it worked out pretty well, yeah. So anyway, over the next eight years, we built, within the first few couple of years, you know, most of the large law firms were using our software, and then we had to expand. So then How we did just, you go to market with that? Just word of mouth or referral? Well, so or? these were all my clients already. Twitter? Right? So I, had, Twitter? I had written two books in this industry. I spoke at all the major conferences. So it's like, it's pretty rare when you launch a software platform to already be speaking at the conferences where people are going to be buying your software. So, you know, my first SDR that I hired, I literally had this book. It's called The Yellow Book. It was like a, a phone book of law firms. And I circled the names of the, of the right contact at, at all the law firms. And I gave it to my, you know, appointment setter, basically, like my secretary. And I said, call this person, right, whoever I circled, call them and say, hey, do you know Adrian Dayton? You know, because I had, you know, I'd written this book, like it was pretty well known. And if they say yes, then say, he wants to set up a time to show you the new software he built. And that's how I set up, you know, that's how I sold my first, you know, 30 or 40 customers. I mean, these are like big you know, some of the biggest law firms in the world. So, I mean, I had a good, I had a good kind of, um, in, right. I mean, they always say you were a thought leader. You should go where you have an unfair advantage. Like, you know, I, I mean, before we started recording, right. Like I'd had a podcast, I had written these books. I wrote for the national law journal for law.com. Like I, you know, I built this great reputation and it was a really good match to leverage selling a product into this this group of people I already knew really well. A trusted you know? voice in the industry. Yeah, like they saw me as an expert anyway, mm -hmm. and they used to pay me just to talk to them. And so then when I was like, I'll talk to you for free, but I'm going to pitch something, they were usually okay with that. So That's cool. Yeah. What a yeah. cool story. So did EOS <clears throat> come out of like you looked back at this company that you were built and you were like, oh, my gosh. I ran so many terrible meetings and this would have saved me so much time or did it just resonate mm. with you because that's kind of the way you had operated? Yeah. So 
I really, I discovered EOS, um, you know, when we were at about $500,000 a year in revenue. So it was just about, about a year and a half in that I found EOS. With the software side. With the software okay. side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really found it at the perfect time. And I was just completely enamored with it from the beginning. So I ran my company on EOS for the next six years. And at the end of that, I not only was I totally a, like converted to EOS, but I would never, I just would never run a company without it because it yeah. just makes so much sense and makes things so much simpler. Yeah. And, and that's for any industry. I mean, you're talking yeah, absolutely. across the board, right? I mean, even now my clients, I mean, I've got, I've got a large steel fabricating company as a client. I have a couple SaaS companies clients. I've got a, a you know, a, a sexual health therapy client. I mean, it's, it doesn't matter what the business is like, like this, the step from being self-employed to running a business, right? It's, you're going to have all the same problems with scale and leadership and finance and sales and marketing operations, right? Like the operations is different for everybody, but management, it's just amazing how similar I just see the same problems day in day out from all the industries. We had a, our L10 meeting this week. And oh, you guys run on EOS. Yeah. I thought maybe yeah. the way you yeah. were responding, yeah. I was like, oh, he knows, he knows. <laughs> yeah. So we had our L10 meeting this week. And one of my favorite comments so far that I've ever heard in an EOS meeting was, I hated the stuff we had to talk about, but we had really great outcomes. <laughs> yes. That, yeah, yeah, that's so true. I mean, I had, I had a, a vice president of engineering and he would always say, anytime two people in the meeting are really upset that is a 10 because it means we're talking about the important stuff. Yep, for sure. And, and I know people say like, wait, we, we don't want contention in our meetings. Well, it's like, yeah, but if there's going to be contention, right? Like if there's issues that there's strong emotions about, even worse is to hide that. Yeah, yeah. better out front and yeah, everyone. Yeah, bring it out. Like, let's it, air yeah. that. Let's, right? Like they say that like, you know, sunlight is the best, um, I don't know, something, something. Antidote <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Antiseptic, yeah. I think that is, is the word. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you can't bury your head I, in the sand. I love that stuff. I love that. And honestly, the truth is, um, the best leaders uh, love their team. They really care about them. And, you know, nowadays, you're not going to have a lot of bosses that tell their, their team how much they love them. But at the end of the day, great leaders love their people and, and I feel like EOS is a great vehicle just to, just to remind you of what it looks like to love your people and give them what they need to thrive. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, we've loved it. The, it's been a huge, I wish I had found it earlier in my career cause I would have implemented it at the city. Um, when I started learning about it, I was like, cities could use this. So this oh. was at the bank you're talking about? No, it's with the other company. Oh yeah. Got it. Yeah. I, I think the bank could use it too. Shout out to Central Bank. <laughs> yeah, I think I, it could make a big difference at the bank. But I've, I've thought about like the meetings I ran at the city and how much more effective they could have been, uh, you know, because we had weekly staff meeting to get ready mm -hmm. for city council and all that stuff. Uh, <clears throat> um, EOS would have made a huge difference with that too. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing is once you know, once you understand level 10 meetings, it ruins meetings for you everywhere else Yeah, because the bar is just set I'm higher. I'm thinking of some ecclesiastical meetings. <laughs> definitely. <needs some> <laughs> no, let's, let's not get into that, but maybe. <laughs> no, that's so cool. 
And we could tag them in this post too. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Adrian, I mean, this has been fun. What What else would you like? I mean, the, the floor is yours for a minute. Is there anything else oh, that you would like mine, to huh? say that or, or get, you know, what's what's in the future? I mean, anything else yeah. you want to talk about that yeah, we haven't yeah. hit on? Or any advice you have for entrepreneurs? Yeah. Like, yeah, there you go. I mean, obviously EOS has tons of yeah. tools for them, but like just something you're seeing commonly with like the companies that you're working with, like what's one thing yeah, that they can all, great, all implement? A, that's a great question. Um, I feel like that one is deserving of me taking a moment to think about, you know, the right answer. Mm. So when companies are growing, and I apologize to be like, keep drawing things for you guys, but everything that we're facing is, is urgent, right? It's urgent and it's important. High priority. Right. But in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, we talk about this top right quadrant, which is the important that's not urgent. And the truth is the urgent that's not important is actually way more important than the urgent, right? And so like, like my plea for all entrepreneurs, whatever stage you're at, is slow down and take the time, whether it's full day quarterlies or two day annual meetings, take the time to work more in that top right quadrant because that's what makes companies really succeed is spending more time on strategy than they do putting out fires. So high priority, high urgency. Or did I say that right? No, <laughs> Not no. right. No, high priority, low urgency. Low urgency, there you go. Right, yeah, because right. long term that's what's going to be the difference between winning right. and losing. It's working your business. on your business, not in your business. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, the other thing I often think about is I think there's a lot of people that listen to these podcasts that would love to start a business, but they just, they, they don't know how Scary. to let go and yeah. go after it. And I love this analogy. I learned it's like, it's like the entrepreneurs, they're all in this field, like playing and prancing around but there's this raging river in front of them and all the people working normal jobs are on the other side of that river. And they wanna be where the entrepreneurs are, but they don't wanna go through the river. And so what I say to entrepreneurs is, some people say like, I don't know if I've got it in me or not. And, and the truth is, if it keeps eating at you and eating at you, basically it's like, you gotta cross the river at some point. And so if it keeps calling for you, you know, just, you know, go for it. I mean, I think that moment when I chose adventure instead of choosing safety has made such a big difference in my life. I just can't imagine what my life would have been like without that. Rose less traveled right yeah, there. I don't know. <laughs> that's cool. Maybe, maybe it's cheesy, but it's like, I mean, no, that's that. cool. I yeah, love yeah. that. And you have a specific moment when that happened. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been fun. Uh, how do uh, listeners reach out to you if they want to learn more about EOS or work with you as an implementer? Yeah, sure. Probably the easiest way is to do a Google search for Adrian Dayton EOS. But if you want to email me directly, my email is adrian.dayton at eosworldwide.com. It's kind of long. That's why I said just look up EOS Adrian Dayton. But, we'll include that uh, in the yeah. link. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that sounds great. But thank you guys for having me on. Adrian, I, this, this is so fun. Awesome. I would rate this meeting a 10. <laughs> no, the podcast, yeah. Jake. Yes. The podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. This podcast yes. was a 10. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Adrian. Take yeah, care. you guys too. It's been awesome. The Midnight Founders Podcast is a podcast about entrepreneurship that is hosted by CB Vault and Rev Road. 
CB Vault is the entrepreneur arm of Central Bank. And RevRoad is a venture services firm where companies come to grow. Thanks for listening to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is AJ and Jake signing out.